I think they got their swagger back. Welcome to this week's edition of the Better Rivals Podcast. My name is Oscar Aparicio, and this week, the 49ers get a much-needed win against the Minnesota Vikings. They go above 500 for the first time since October 3rd and are now in firm control of the NFC's sixth seed. And with me this week, the supreme arbiter of the Gritty Wars, it's David Newman. What did you call me? The, <laughs> the Gritty Wars. The, okay, first of all, let's take a step back. Let's let's see how Daddorific and Daddington's corner we're going to get to open things up. Uh, are you familiar with the Gritty? No? Question mark? This is Justin Jefferson's uh, dance in the end zone? Oh, yeah. The kids are Definitely doing it? Definitely no. That's a hard <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, when Debo Samuel scored his touchdown, he did the gritty. He did Justin Jefferson's signature dance. And then you had Adam Thielen, who did the gritty thereafter. And it was basically just a gritty off. It was a gritty back and forth. And we need someone to judge the results. And, you know, you just you, I need the finer points, David. I need you to have a winner here. Uh, and I guess it starts with identifying what the gritty is. <laughs> Yeah, uh, not not my lane. I'm gonna I'm gonna just uh, bow out of that one. Yeah, it's uh, you'll lean over, tap your hands to the front <laughs> and the back. It's kind of maybe it's like the Pee Wee Herman dance to you. You know, this this is more your lane. Maybe you understand what that. Wow, <laughs> wow, I, insulted. How long have we been going in here? For, like two minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's 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 long enough I'm for Kirk Cousins to screw up a game winning drive. Um, but let's uh, let's get started because this was this was a fun game. It was fun mostly because we won. It, this game would have been nerve wracking uh, and and like frust- maddeningly frustrating had they not won, especially after the kick return for a touchdown. At that point, I was like, of course, of course, I thought they were going to get in on some bullshit kickoff return for a touchdown where you know your fourth round kicker. Uh, or punter can't even make a tackle, which is I thought that's why you drafted him in the fourth round. You know, he can also hit and kick, and and he can't do it. But um, but yeah, it was uh, it was overall I think a, a fun game. It had a little bit of everything, including Kirk Cousins going full Kirk Cousins there near the end of the game, and and the Forty ers came out with a win. Uh, it it was definitely more action packed than I expected. I mean, especially like that third quarter, there was what 32 points, yeah. I think, right in that quarter, uh, which was wild. And and I think, yeah, it was just, uh, I, I think it was the way things ended up going game script wise were a bit unexpected, I feel like, but uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. Well, you start with what Shanahan would love to start with, and that's 208 rushing yards. That is the season high for the 49ers so far this season. They have a positive epa per play for only the third time this season in the run game all three of those games have come since week eight this was a game that teed up very well for what the 49ers want to do which is run the ball early run the ball often um and early even it seemed like when well we'll get to jimmy garoppolo in a second but you know it didn't seem like they were going to get a ton out of jimmy garoppolo and and they had to rely on the run game and it looked a little a little dicey early on it looked like the vikings were definitely ready for the runs the Niners were going to throw at them because they went to their old staple right off first play right off the bat. It was the same old, uh, you know, toss outside zone play. Uh, I think it's called, uh, you know, 18, 19, zero at this point. Zorro just might be the, the you know, the, the 2021 season brought to you by Zorro at this point. 
<laughs> and and the Vikings had it kind of bottled up, and then Debo Samuel started to uncork everything. I mean that the 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 first touchdown drive where they were able to answer was so huge because it allowed them to stay, uh, you know, in a game script that allows them to rely on the run game, right? Like I I think you go back to that first drive, and I know we're going to talk about the passing game after this, you know, but that third and thirteen play. Uh, that they they get Ayuk right like that was huge because yeah that is what kind of allows them uh, to really stay in this and that was when they just kind of start bludgeoning them with the run game I mean they're just gonna go after it right like I, I mean it's they're they're gonna run the the same toss plays I mean they they just get to that outside zone in so many different ways and they have just enough that they kind of run off of it. Um, to kind of keep the defense off balance and keep them from fully being able to sell out on that. Uh, and it's obviously uh, very effective. And especially when you can continue to do it over the course of the entire game like this. I mean, this was one of the better games they had at being able to, I, th- I think, consistently get yarded, right? It was a little shaky there early, but like once things kind of got going there in in kind of the second quarter and on, um, I mean, they, they were able to consistently get at least enough yardage to not end up so far back in, in the down and distance to where they had a lot of difficult third downs that they needed to convert. I mean, there were, there were some of those in there, but yeah, I, I think that was like staying on schedule and, and being able to kind of lean into this, uh, rushing attack that they want to rely on so heavily was huge. They had six explosive runs. Four of them were from Elijah Mitchell. Two of them were from Debo Samuel. And let's take a look at, at those touchdown runs because I thought they were interesting for a couple different reasons, both of Debo Samuel's touchdown runs. The, the first one, you've got Jeff Wilson as the motion man, who at this point, Jeff Wilson, who thought when he would come back that he'd basically become uh, a fullback uh, at this point. I mean, that's kind of what, what he's kind of playing as, as kind of a, a move back. And he's in motion and he gets a block on a cornerback, which is great. What, what's interesting about the formation, though, is that Debo lines up to the left of Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo and shotgun. Harrison Smith lines up to that side. He's going to basically cover Debo if Debo goes into a route on that side of the field. And, and when Debo goes around Jimmy Garoppolo, now Harrison Smith has to get through a bunch of other stuff. He, gets end, he ends up getting picked off. And, and everything angle-wise is just set up perfectly for Debo to hit the outside to the right side of the offense. And even the way that Jimmy hands the ball off, like he loops behind him and, and almost makes Debo, or he doesn't do it. I mean, this is all designed in the play, but Debo bubbles over so that he's not closer to the line of scrimmage in case they get some quick penetration, which they do from Anthony Barr. And Juice picks it up really, really well. And then Debo hits the edge and he uses the speed to get to the to the, the pylon. I mean, everything about that play sets up beautifully and everything in the design of the play was like, Debo, get to the edge. Everything's going to be accounted for and then just use your speed. And he did exactly that. It's wild how successful that's been. I mean, they, they've been going to that, yeah, kind of like, uh, you know, outside handoff where it's behind the quarterback. Typically in the shotgun, right, you're going to see uh, the handoff come in front of the quarterback and you get that mesh in the front. Um, and, and so they've been going to this with Debo where, where they kind of give it to him around the edge there. It almost looks like uh, the, the kind of action from the back, right, that, that you get from Debo is like really similar to some of like the old school West Coast runs where they're in the split backs or in like those far and near sets. Um, it, because he's basically just, it's straight, uh, flat down, you know, what, whatever line he's on parallel to the line of scrimmage there, uh, as far as his path is going. And I mean, blocking wise, right. It's like, it's just outside zone. I mean, they've got a couple lead blockers. They do what they do in terms of the motion and, and formationally setting things up to, to make sure that they've got good angles and that they're, um, going to be able to like get these blocks off. But, 
uh yeah it's it's every time that they go to this specific run where where you see Debo get that kind of uh handoff back behind the quarterback there it they just rip off huge chunks of yardage with this like the only time it was uh you know really not successful was the one that he falls down injured on right um at the end there but i mean every time that they've run in this game and in previously like they just seem to get huge chunks of yardage with this and uh yeah i think a lot of it comes down to the setup right and and the things that they're doing pre-snap to to get those angles and to get the blocks they need yeah i mean they're taking harrison smith out of the play there by putting him on the other side they're getting angles with their blockers and and then on, on the second touchdown run the niners came out in 11 personnel and the, the Vikings match with nickel. And then they end up basically lining up in a two back set with Debo two back. And, and then they go to the left side this time and end up scoring the touchdown. I mean, it is just difficult to, to really defend what the Niners are going to do. I, I think you said it earlier, they get to these things in so many different ways. And this is some of the positionless football that I think Shanahan wants to play. This is why the, you know, Jalen Hurd, now Jawan Jennings, uh, is, is those types of receivers I think are, are appealing to Shanahan because it's like, yeah, let's put Debo back there. You think it's, it's a three wide receiver set turns out to be a two back set. And we're going to just start to hit you in the mouth as much as we can. If you try to go light and, and that's what they did. I mean, they hit him hard. They hit him early. They hit him often. And they did it successfully with um it did feel like they got more of those like five, six yard runs this game than they typically do. Yeah, I mean the as far as like a success rate type of thing, just like the percentage of their runs that were picking up positive yardage to keep them on schedule definitely um felt high. And I mean it's it's nice when you have, you know, the the ability to break some of these long runs. I mean, Debo is it, it feels like nearly every time he touches the ball, right? They're they're getting huge chunks in the run game there. Elijah Mitchell is nice to uh you know see him doing his thing back there and and he had four of those 10 plus runs uh himself. So yeah, I think anytime like that's always going to be key, right? I mean they they've been managing to have at least one double digit play drive a game, right? These, these last few games, but uh, a lot of the scoring drives, right? You need some of these explosive plays. If you're going to be able to consistently get down into opponent territory and and have these scoring opportunities. And so when you can get six of them out of your run game, I mean, that's, uh, and, and then you pair that with the consistency that they had in this one, right? Like that's when, um, running the ball with the volume that they are running it at right now becomes a little bit more viable. Now, early, though, it was a little shaky. I thought this game was going to get maybe ugly quickly um, because Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have a super duper hot start. And and luckily, in this quarterback battle, um, he was just better than Cousins. And Cousins had a couple of really, really bad misses here, uh, I think, overall that uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I they mean, both he, had, I don't um, know that I would go that far, but uh, I, he, he I would say enough. that he was he was I think that he was better, but. I don't think that that the, the thing I have in the agenda here is in the land of the blind, Jimmy Garoppolo is king. It's like you're you're over here comparing two quarterbacks that had that didn't have really good games. Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo, especially that 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 interception was so so bad. I mean, it was classic Jimmy Garoppolo. He started out like hitting, uh, just missing high. He threw that interception, and and this is the thing about Jimmy Garoppolo it, that you know the last three games he's been great. The storyline's been awesome. Jimmy Garoppolo's pay, playing great again. But the difference between Jimmy Garoppolo and an actually good quarterback is that the good quarterback is going to do that thing fairly consistently. These three-week spurts are generally more aberrations for Jimmy Garoppolo, and it's kind of the the lower performance that we're seeing from him, which is more the consistent thing. Um, But I did think that he was overall a little better than Garoppolo this week. That doesn't mean that he was overall great, but 
especially later in the game. Um, you know, he did just enough and his wide receivers certainly helped him out with some of those catches, um, especially late in the game that really, really kept the, the drive moving, even when Jimmy Garoppolo was just kind of distributing the ball short and early. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like he did get bailed out a decent amount. I mean, even you look at that first drive, I mean, the interception uh, was really the second time on that drive that he made the same mistake. The first time um, it was actually his first completion, but the safety was just fucking horrendous. Like he was all like over it as far as jumping that route and like should have been there. It should have been a pick. And he was just clueless as as far as how to play the ball. And so Jimmy was able to to end up, you know, fitting in there. But um, yeah, I mean, things were really ugly early on on that first drive. And, and then I think you went into uh, basically the mode that we've come to expect, which is like, we're going to run the shit out of the ball. We're going to hide Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I think he had 17 completions and 10 of those traveled five yards or less down down the field. So, I mean, it was a bunch of short stuff. And then it was a bunch, like you mentioned, uh, I, I mean, it felt like a, a ton of catches where it was just like, super contested and guys getting bailed out i mean uh there was the the one from sherfield right where it was like sherfield's wasn't was a very very good catch. It, it, it was wild because you see that like the uh corner's arm is like through sherfield's arms like it's in the pocket and it's like i mean nine times out of ten that ball's getting knocked away and is incomplete and somehow he like holds on and and manages to keep control down to the ground and i think he takes a hit from somebody else too after that and so there were just uh a lot of really highly contested plays that that his receivers were able to make on there on on throws that I think were pretty forced or or you know inaccurate enough that it brought the defender into play. So yeah, I I think it was like he 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 managed to recover a little bit from a, a very very ugly start, but he still wasn't good in this game. No, totally. And, and I think it, it, Cousins was almost the inverse, right? Cousins, you look at the beginning of the game and it was like, oh, no, like he's actually like he's he's hitting receivers. He's actually getting it out there. They, that flea flicker was just like, OK, clearly Zimmer is emptying the clip at this point. And, and he did. You know, they had another trick play later that was also successful. And and so you think to yourself, OK, you know, this is going to be good cousins and this is going to be bad. Jimmy, um, we're, we're back to, you know. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo being maybe, you know, Shanahan's third favorite quarterback in this game. <laughs> and and then things flipped around a little bit. And now you see the Jefferson two-point conversion, which was just a miss in the dirt. He missed Jefferson in the back of the end zone because he was open um, on that touchdown or what ended up being a failed touchdown drive. Um, the fourth down to end the game was bad. Did you see him line up under the guard before they called the timeout? Oh, no, I missed that one. That's great. He lined up under the guard, <laughs> and the running back runs up behind him and is like, move over, move Yo, over. Bro, and then wrong, the play wrong dude. And then, and then he calls the timeout. I mean, look, I mean, that play, Jimmy like, Garoppolo is, has his faults. Is that the one? I assume that's the one that everybody was just running around. Like, he was trying to get basically everybody lined yeah. up in, in, like, the wrong formation. Yeah. He was, like, flipping everything. I mean... Yeah, I got him a little slack on that. Things were looked to be like a, an absolute clusterfuck on that play, and nobody was uh, in the right spot. Yes. But uh, yeah, I, I think like with Cousins, it was. Uh, I mean, it's, it's been the thing that's been his problem for his whole career, right? Which is that he just kind of uh, struggles in in these key situations, and and just like down in the red zone, right? Like made some some bad throws and didn't take advantage of some opportunities and. Uh, definitely that was, was big for the 49ers. And so I think, yeah, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't very good, but I think he did, you know, more probably on a throw for throw basis than, than Garoppolo did, but he just had his misses were more painful because they were in 
ending some more high leverage situations. Yeah, I think when when the the strategy of lapping your opponent, which is what Shanahan calls it, I like to call it the Madden double up, uh, where you you know you kick off to start the game and then you have the ball to end the half and then you get the ball again and you score again. That's where the game really tilted for the 49ers. And it was because they were able to go up a score and then get a, a turnover immediately afterwards. You know, three straight touchdown drives, I think, is what they had over the the kind of halftime and then going into the third quarter. That's really what what settled the game down for the Niners and allowed them to play with a lead in a way that they could keep bludgeoning the opponent. Um, but yeah, they, they got some they got some fumble luck. They got some fumble not luck this time, too, because um, I think Josh Norman didn't. You know, he he had another classic Norman game, pass interference, but also a peanut punch. Um, it's, you know, classic Norman at this point, but overall, I think the, you know, the, the team was able to kind of gut one out and grit one out. And these are two teams that were going in at 500. They both did some good things. They both made some mistakes, but ultimately San Francisco was the team that was able to impose their will on a team that I think if, you know, if we would have done the preview and not been traveling for Thanksgiving or doing whatever, we probably would have pointed out that the, the Vikings aren't super great at stopping the run. Their PFF run grade um, is bottom third in the league, and their EPA overall on run uh, plays is generally not great. It's near the bottom of the league as well. So I think if you're, if you were looking for a path of victory for the Niners, it would have been their run game gets going. They're able to keep the game out of reach of the Vikings, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, I think the I mean the impressive thing, kind of looking back on on how the game unfolded, was this wasn't a game where like the the formula typically has been get out to a hot start, right? And and get up early and and really, um, you know, have those bigger drives, those longer drives come early in the game, you know, eat up a lot of clock. Uh, it, it almost, it was weird. Like this game felt after the last couple where they've just like absolutely eaten so much clock. It felt like this game took for fucking ever to get over um, because it was just, you it had did. more typical possessions, right? And, and shorter possessions. And, and so I think, yeah, you, you didn't get that same sort of hot start that put them in the driver's seat from the beginning. Um, you know, you had to kind of overcome a little bit of adversity there, getting down early. And yeah, I mean, there was definitely points early in that game, like, you know, suddenly, like I mentioned, you know, at the kind of at the top there where they get that third and 13 play on the eventual touchdown drive where you get the 37 yard pass to Ayuk. And like that was uh leading up to that moment, things were looking really ugly. Like it was like Minnesota made things look pretty easy on their second drive to get in the end zone there you had the ugly first drive from the 49ers that ended in the interception didn't have a great start to the second drive and then it was like finally they had that one play that kind of turned things around but even then it was close right but they they were able to keep it tight enough right throughout the entire thing to where the the run game didn't have to go away they didn't have to make the full shift over to to pass only mode and then they finally got some things defensively to bounce their way a little bit. They took advantage of a few opportunities, right? Um, to get some turnovers and get some extra possessions. And and one of those was a very short, you know, two yard uh, drive for a, a touchdown, right? That you get from uh, the interception play there and, and you get a fumble. So those are things that they haven't been getting to really go their way, right? The defense hasn't always been able to take advantage of opportunities for turnovers that they've had presented to them so i think yeah it was just it was a different sort of win even though the run game was obviously the the consistent thing and now comes the playoff push but before we get to that let's get just a brief word from our sponsors because this week's pod is brought to you by TickPick. 49ers football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find 49ers tickets anymore that's because TickPick 
That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. Is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. And if you don't believe it, and you find better prices on the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Be like Ice Juicy. He's a patron, bought us a beer, and he may have done it with the dollars he saved by getting tickets on TickPick today. He confirmed it while we were live streaming in the chat window. It's a thing. He saved money, and then he bought us beers. It's Everybody wins in this scenario. It's wonderful. Visit TickPick.com slash Rivals today to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. That's TickPick.com slash Rivals. Well, now the 49ers are firmly in the playoff hunt. Uh, Playoffs? They are the sixth seed. No longer the consolation seed, the seventh seed. Like, do you even want the seventh seed at this point? Like, the seventh seed is like, you know... That's like playing video games with your little brother and you like pretend to plug the controller in back when plugging in controllers was a thing. It's like just to make them feel better. Like that's what the seventh seed is at this point. It just is like, oh, we just we, we wanted more TV ratings. So we're going to let another team in here. But any other year in the history of football and you would not be a playoff team. <laughs> I feel like a six playoffs, the, the sixth seed is actually like a legitimate seed at this point. And, and the Niners won their first home game since that against a team that is not the Rams in a very, very long time. And they're only a game behind the Rams, seven and four, six and five with winning one of the two games so far. It's, uh, it's definitely, I think that they're, they're climbing. They're on the rise. This is one of those teams where we knew something like this was, was a possibility because of just the way the schedule really kind of played out near the end of the year. Now they've got a game against the Seahawks where they are favored. I think the early line has them favored by three. You see very winnable games against Atlanta, Houston, Tennessee doesn't seem, you know, as scary when they don't have someone like Derrick Henry and their uh, wide receivers are all injured or going to be coming back from injury. And then you've got the Rams um, where Shanahan gets to, you know, face his son once more in in the season finale. And there is a very, very viable path to the playoffs here. I mean, I, I feel like the, the this Vikings game was huge because, you know, getting this win banked, creeping up over, you know, 500 and going into, I think, a very manageable December, right? Like, I, I think even though they've got three of these four coming games on the road, like, yeah, that none of those teams really scary right now. I think, you know, if, if everyone was full strength, you'd look at maybe Tennessee, right, as being the one team that they're going to play in December that, that would be a, a kind of clearly better team. But they're, you know, so banged up uh, offensively there that, that that one, yeah, definitely seems more within reach. And I think, um, you know, Atlanta obviously is a team that they should be better than. Seattle right now is a team that I think they're better than. And then you get that that Texans game, too, that's hanging out there that's going to be uh, – that, that should be a nice win at home, right? That should be one uh, that, that you can hopefully count on them getting. And so I, I, I think, yeah, the only team that really scares you potentially left is that final game against the Rams. So even if they go, you know, even if you you say you want to up the difficulty a little bit because they've got three of these coming games uh, on the road, like if they can just split – now in December, you get the win uh, it, it, against Houston there at home, and that's nine wins. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think like they're in a, a pretty solid spot, and the schedule definitely worked out well where they got the, the, the tough games done kind of early on, and now they are at a position to kind of, uh, you know, peak going into the later part of the season here. 
I like using this chart that I saw early in the year from Data with Bliss, the percentage of NFL teams that make the playoffs and teams that are six and five. And this is adjusted for a 17 game schedule and a seven uh, team playoff. The teams that are six and five have a 53% chance of making the playoffs. And when you look at 538s, kind of more real life uh, playoff percentages where they're actually using tiebreakers and what's happening within the division and conference, the Niners now have a 72% chance of making the playoffs. And so once they get, you know, once they, and once they're in the, the playoffs, it is really about matchups. You know, if they win a game, they, they I think that's a successful season for the 49ers so far this year. Um, and that'll be fun. It'll be fun to get a, a playoff game if that ends up being what ends up happening. And then once you're there, who knows? You could go on a Eli Manning-like run and, and end up somewhere near some kind of hardware. But got to get to the playoff first. And, and with this win, it puts them in, in a really, really good position to do that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think if they can win the games that they should win over the rest of the season, right, which I would say is is for sure you've got three more there. I think they should win next week in, in Seattle. They should beat Atlanta. They should beat Houston. And and then even the other three are all winnable, right? So, uh, I, I mean, you're going to be right there in the hunt. And I think you look at it now the Rams being kind of in – distance right like they're they're in range there and they have a much tougher end to the schedule i mean they get jacksonville coming up uh here next week but after that like they they, the worst team that they play i think after that is minnesota um and and so like yeah they've they've got a little bit tougher path and if you can somehow slide in i mean i think the the six seed right now like isn't isn't all that great i'm not like thrilled about going and playing green bay or tampa bay on the road and and having to deal with that. But if you can sneak into five somehow and, and, and get up there on the Rams and suddenly you're playing Dallas in the first round, I think that seems like a little bit more manageable to try to get something going in the postseason. That's the team that you want to play of, of the playoff teams that are above the Niners in seating. You, you want to go against the, the CD lamb having Cowboys and, and Dak Prescott, who is, you know, potentially in the MVP race is the team that you want to go up against. I mean, I don't know. I, I think I would rather go against Dallas than than the other teams. I mean, uh, than than Green Bay or Tampa Bay. Just out of those those three, right? If we assume, yeah, um, that Arizona hangs on to the the top seed, um, yeah, I, I feel like I would rather play Dallas. I mean, I know they're obviously the the offense is dangerous. The offense for all three of those teams is dangerous. Um, but yeah, I, I would rather go against the Cowboys defense. I feel like. Yeah, I think the team that the Niners probably don't want to see is the Buccaneers just because of the strength of their run defense. If, if you're going to face a team, you want that team to be leaky against the run. That's what keeps the Niners in it. I, I don't know that, that the Buccaneers are that team. Vita Vea, you know, lost a tooth mid-game today, uh, and he was, you know, laughing and smiling about it and, and was just like no big deal and, and still ate a bunch of offensive linemen for lunch. Um, you know, <laughs> it, it's just, it's that's not the team. That's not the team I think that, that the Niners want to face, but... Overall, the Niners are in, in a good position. And, and I, I asked this question, I think, on the Discord last week before I went on vacation. But, you know, if, if the Niners do, if, if they would have held on and beat the Packers and not lost in heartbreaking fashion to, um, you know, one Mr. COVID toe Aaron Rodgers, do they, th- does this season look and feel different? Do we feel differently about this team? Um, I don't know that I do necessarily because I still think that they can be exposed by you know, a team that has a wide receiver that is, um, I don't know, that has a heartbeat that can beat Josh Norman. Um, and, and, you know, their secondary is, is very, very thin. And, and if they don't get ahead of teams and don't say in positive game scripts, 
they likely get in trouble. And I don't know that that's different just because they, they eked out a close game against the Packers. I think that playoff seeding is different. I think if they have that under their belt and, and they're now, you know, seven and four right. and, and they've beaten the Rams, now they are in the fifth seed uh, as opposed to the sixth seed. So, you know, the season outcome might be a little bit different, but that still doesn't make them an appreciably better team. And they still have some issues against really, really good teams. Right. Yeah. I think obviously they're in a better situation if they have that win instead of a loss. Um, but I, I feel like because we try to at least focus more on, on process and how the team's playing as opposed to just purely right outcome and, and what the win loss record looks like. Um, this was, even if they pulled that one out, um, is not a team that offensively for most of the season had been playing very well, right? Like it, it suddenly things now in these last few weeks is, is the run game has really started to click, um, has looked a lot better, but I mean, the, the passing game is still a huge concern. And, and yeah, if you get out of those situations where, uh, you know, that they're, they're either playing with the lead or it's, it's tight enough and you force Jimmy Garoppolo and this passing offense to be in situations where, they have to throw in order for their to be success offensively. Um, I, I just don't see that from them right now. And that's what you're going to have to do against the tougher teams. That was what they did or, or like had to do during the, the losing streak. Right. And that's why they lost so many games is because they couldn't do that. So uh, yeah, I, I don't think a win there changes how I feel about this team long-term. All right, let's get to some quick hits as we round out this episode. We will, as a reminder, be back on Thursday to preview the next game, the next game against the Seattle Seahawks or the Toots, as Joe Staley's daughter affectionately calls them. Um, But let's get to Shanahan's favorite new shiny object, Jawan Jennings. I told you before we left on vacation that we were going to put a bust of, uh, of him in the the Hall of Fame for the 49ers in the museum. He was going to get, you know, it was going to be the catch and, and Joe Montana, Bill Walsh and Jawan Jennings. And, and that's how Shanahan's treating him. I mean, he, he almost got him a touchdown in the end zone. I think that was a touchdown, by the way. The shin going down is the same as a knee. And I think his shin, uh, you know, they, they, they could have easily called that a touchdown. They should have called it a touchdown. Give the, a man, touchdown. give the man his due. Um, you know, the shin's going to come down before the knee. I don't think that the knee comes down alone. But, you know, who the hell knows at this point. But, yeah, he seems to be... The, the new the new fixation for Shanahan, and I, for one, am all for it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're seeing his snap count rise, and, and um, I mean, I think he's he's done a good job uh, as a run blocker, which, you know, that they're, they're going to like, even though that may not necessarily be the most important thing in the world uh, as a receiver, but I think he's done well there, and yeah, he's made some tough catches. I mean, he made... Uh, some contested catches in this one. Um, and yeah, I, I think he deserves the additional playing time that he's been getting for sure. This is Elijah Mitchell's fourth career 100-yard game. He, for all intents and purposes, is a workhorse back. Like you've got basically Najee Harris. It's like basically every single carry unless he's tired. And that's what Elijah Mitchell is. I mean, they're, they're basically saying Elijah Mitchell at this point with nine fingers is better than just about anyone else that we've got. And they're playing him like it. And it sucks because I thought Mark Ingram was going to play. And I didn't know that Elijah Mitchell was going to. I thought for sure a pin in your finger, not being able to grip the ball is going to be bad. So I leave Mitchell on the bench. I put Mark Ingram in. I go and have a week in Miami with family. And I come back to Mark Ingram not having played and Elijah Mitchell putting up over 20 on my bench. So, you know, that's that's what's going to happen. That's That's fantasy for you. 
Survival's real. What are you going to do? Uh, well, I'm going to go into the playoffs and beat everyone and take all their money. That's what I'm going to do. That's a great consolation prize. Um, Charles Amenahu, Texas legend. Third down stop in the first quarter. You, you can't blame him for not respecting Kirk Cousins on the zone read. He just ignores Kirk Cousins entirely and goes straight to Dalvin Cook uh, and ends up getting the third down stop. But Charles Amenahu already making a difference. Again, fifth rounder. What are you going to do? Even if the Niners didn't draft him. Fifth rounder. (laughs) One splash play. It was pretty good. It was a good play, you know? One splash play. I mean, look, you got to make good decisions. And Kirk Cousins is a runner. Not a good decision. You know, in that moment, split-second decision-making, that's a Texas education right there. You know, that's smarts. Plays with a good head on his shoulders. You know, he processes quickly. He's a fast-processing computer. Did you just use Texas education as a positive for him? Uh, Texas, as in the University of Texas, not as in the let's go ahead and ban books and burn them from elementary schools. All right. That's a whole different, whole different thing. Um, Mike Zimmer, not happy with the 49ers holding. Uh, the quote in the postgame press conference from him was, quote, these guys hold all the time. And, dude, if you're talking about Josh Norman, the answer is yes. And he gets of course he holds it. all the time. Every time. <laughs> I don't know why you can. Yeah, I was like, are, is he talking defensively? Like in the secondary, they hold because that ain't yeah. like they're not fooling anyone. They're getting all those penalties no. when that happens. Um, yeah. If he's talking about offensively, like offensive line and, and the run blocking that they hold a lot, I mean, yeah, sure, them and everybody else. It's probably probably true. And, and so, I mean, everyone gets held all the time. I think honestly, holding Twitter may be my least oh like my God, of all the Twitters, maybe my least favorite. Terrible. Twitter. It's like that's a hold. It's like that's oh oh oh. Uh, don't, don't be that human. Don't be that human. Um, it's, it's interesting that the, now I do think Josh Norman has put himself in the mind of referees as someone who's just likely to get pass interference penalties and they don't look for them as much with other players because K1 Williams absolutely got there early late in the game and he just, he didn't get the call. And and I think it's like, they looked at his number and it's like, Oh no, no, no. That's 24, not 26. That. He's probably fine. <laughs> He's also like also all of these fucking peanut punches, uh, while they can be great, obviously, like absolutely get into his head. Dude doesn't even try to tackle anymore like the the one touchdown run where he's basically like the unblocked defender on the edge and it's just him and the running back and he goes and he's like you see him on the replay trying to swat at the ball even though he doesn't have a great angle and there's nobody there left to help him it's like dude just fucking make a tackle well the last time he tried to make a tackle he just about lost a lung so at this point, I feel like it's just a survival instinct. You know, he just like ducks out of the way, tries to punch the ball. And it's like, hey, I tried. <laughs> oh, God. What a disaster. It is. You know, I will say it is unre- like the number of four fumbles he has this year is a little ridiculous. Like it is a high number and it does not make up for all of the poor coverage and all of the other crap that he has done this year. But in that one area, he has excelled. It is a little bonkers that he's that good at it. It's wild that he hasn't like broken a wrist or something like he 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 hasn't hit the wrong spot on that yet. And there's like I mean, there's a a lot of force coming in there on those. And it's like some high impact situations. And I'm just like waiting for his hand to crumble uh, like on on one of those. But he manages to find the ball more often than not. His hand is strengthened by his ego. Cannot be crushed. (laughs) (laughs) Cannot be crushed. Um. And lastly is just the amount of hurdles that the Niners attempted in this game was a little unnerving. What in the absolute um, fuck was Juice doing? <laughs> From the six the turtle yard hurdle. Line? 
You're white, it was a turtle dude, there's like there's like six people there. What the fuck did you think was going to happen? I love that he jumped and immediately like turtled up. I, I, turtled I just up. fucking lost it when Juice was uh, <laughs> like goes airborne on that. Like, what are you doing, man? Oh, man. Like it's the turtle Reggie hurdle. Bush from the six yard line or something. Not even. I'm just I just I having a helmet moving that quickly near anywhere near the bits and pieces. Just not not something I want to willingly endure. <laughs> so that's that's not not where I want to go. But all right, I think that does it for this week's edition of the Better Isles podcast. Um, David, tell me about the Patreon, the people that are watching us today, the people that are seeing you in your Chelsea blue after they eked out a win on uh, another gorgeous penalty from Jorginho, uh, making up uh, for a bonehead. Uh, yeah, making up for a bonehead. Uh, give up at that point uh, against a team they should have won against the old uh, against uh, United tell, um, them, tell them where they can watch you uh, do all the Chelsea things and watch us on the live streams and whatnot. patreon.com slash better rivals at one point that might be better rivals.com but we're, we're not there yet um, you get the, the the live reactions here you get the live streams the pods video on demand if, if you can't make it live you get the weekly breakdowns you get the discord all that sort of fun stuff absolutely the best way that you can support the pod so do it head of there buy us a beer it'll be appreciated you can follow me on twitter at better rivals or ask questions of us on the discord where most of our followers do thanks again for tuning in this week it's a good win it's a good week to be a niners fan uh thanks all you for listening and downloading as always go niners go niners